Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. I'm your host, Ross Martin. I'm joined by Buck Sanders of Inside Carolina, and we are very happy to welcome on UNC's defensive coordinator entering his second year in North Carolina, Jay Bateman. What's going on, Coach? Just uh, enjoying some time down away from recruiting and getting ready to start spring ball. Awesome. I'll turn it right over to Buck for our first question. Coach, uh, I'm going to cut right to the heart of it. Everybody knows uh, that North Carolina lost uh, a couple of really good players on the interior. Uh, defensive line is always a good place to start talking anyway. But uh, tell us about, uh, you know, what the spring is going to look like uh, for the defensive line and your plans for next year. Sure. You know, obviously, uh, Jason Schroeder is a really – really good player. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see his future. I think he had a really good, you know, senior bowl. I think he's working out really good. I, yeah, I talk to him pretty frequently. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you just say, well, gosh, we're just going to plug this guy in and replace Jason. So, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a number of kids, but, you know, I, I thought at the end of the season, Jalil Taylor was playing really well. I, I thought Ray really came along. I think, to, uh, you know, Tamari Fox, when we settle him down into one position, is going to be a really good player. And then I think Christian Varner and Kevin Hester were two kids that we redshirted that are big, athletic kids. That I, I mean, I can't wait to watch those kids in spring practice. So I, I mean, we're we're pretty confident with that group of kids moving forward. And then I think we signed some really good D linemen. You know, you know, you know KJ Keeper Bingley Jones is here already, and he's doing great. Um, you know, certainly looks like the the player we thought we signed, you know, he's, he's a big, strong, talented kid. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident with that group going forward, to be honest with you. Yeah, and a couple guys you didn't mention, um, the Juco transfer, his name escapes me right now. Um, Ray? Yeah, Ray Vohasek and, and Zach Gill. Those two guys are also looking at on the defensive line. And, and secondly, I mean, obviously there's you – know, is there any concern that, you know, the interior is going to be – Going to take a hit because that's the most important part of the defense, I guess. I think many would say that. Um, you know, so I think Jalil and Ray are, are both. By the end of the season, they were playing as much as Aaron, or not more. And and I think, you know, obviously losing Jason 
is important. But yeah, I I really feel good about Tamari Fox. I really feel good about those two young kids. And 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 frankly, I I think Jason got worn down by the end of the season. So I I think having two guys that can play fifty percent of the reps is going to be a lot better. And and I think Tim Cross has done a really good job developing some of these guys. So you know I, I'm not that's really not a huge concern of mine. I mean, I'm pretty confident those kids going forward. And in terms of the uh, freshmen, you mentioned uh, KBJ, Kedrick, Bingley, Jones. You're getting some other guys in that are enrolling in June. You haven't seen them yet on campus. Miles Murphy, Des Evans, a couple other uh, defensive linemen. How many freshmen, true freshmen, do you expect to use? I know it's kind of hard to project right now, but obviously you're going to have to maybe use at least one or two. Is that kind of how you're seeing it and, and which ones you think can play a role early? I, yeah, I, I think mean, everybody wants to hear about Des Evans too. I mean, I think Keeter Bingley-Jones is already here. And I think we saw how much that helped, you know, our kids a year ago that were here for spring. You know, Storm Duck was so much f- further ahead than the other freshman DBs. So, um, you know, I think Clyde Pender and Miles Murphy and A.J. Beatty are going to be, you know, kids that are big physical kids that if they're ready to play, great. If they're not, we'll redshirt them and we'll develop them. So I think it's just a when they get here, we'll see. And I know that's, you know, I'm sure you want me to say, well, this kid's going to start. But, like, I have no idea. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited they're here, that they were all three kids that had a bunch of opportunities to go to other schools and were highly recruited. And usually if you get guys that everybody else wants, you get good, good ones. So um, we're excited about those guys. You know, Dez is, um, you know, is an edge rusher of the, with a real high ceiling, and that's not, a, that's not something we have a bunch of. So I think when he gets here, we're going to give him every opportunity to to, to affect the, the game as an edge rusher, and I think he'll be able to do that pretty quickly. He plays a similar role as Tamon Foxwood in the defense? Does I, I would think so. Okay. I would think so, yep. Coach, uh, on another uh, note, back, uh, you know, I said this at the time when I first learned about it, uh, when I first heard that uh, Chas Ratt had switched from quarterback to linebacker, um, I uh, made some comments on this podcast that were a little bit dismissive about it, like, oh, well, that's cute. Um, and, you know, I mean, uh, it first team all ACC, did you see that coming? Um, and, and then he decided to come back, which is huge. And, you know, Patrice Renee getting a six years huge. And, um, you know, other guys that might could have left that, that, that decided to come back. Uh, but, uh, I, I'm really curious about when, when Chaz initially went to, to linebacker, what you thought his ceiling was, and did you see – or I'm just the only dummy in the crowd. So I don't think there are a lot of quarterbacks out there that can switch over to play linebacker. So, Buck, I, I, sh- I don't think you should feel bad about <laughs> your your initial opinion of that, okay? But I think Chaz is a, is a terrific athlete. So, you know, people ask me this all the time. Like, I, he was, when, I, when I got here, that he had already kind of – come to see coach brown about switching so i never it wasn't like i saw him throwing you know throwing fade balls one day and then playing mike the next um so um you know i I think in spring practice about two-thirds of the way through we started to realize you know how talented he was and how once he really started to pick things up so i i think you know I mean, we're watching our cutups now from the end of this, from the from the season, and you can every time you're watching him, it's like every week he just improves. So um, I'm glad he came back too. I like being around him. I think he's really, you know, I, 
I enjoy coaching him. I enjoy him out there, and he's really good. So um, I expect him to have a tremendous year for us. Sam linebackers, Coach, I think we know, you know Chaz and, and Jeremiah Gimmel will be there, but I think some names of player that fans are excited about are Eugene Asante and Cadre Jackson. How do you expect to use them in 2020? I know Asante was, was a big get for you all in recruiting, and um, there's been a lot of hype around both those players, uh, Asante and Jackson. Because they're going to be behind. I'm assuming they'd be behind Strat and, and, and Gimmel. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's a – you know, I think Kadri's really improved. He's bigger. You know, he's, I mean, Kadri's about 230 pounds now. So, um, you know, I think there'll be a role for Kadri for sure. And then I think Eugene is super talented. And if he didn't play behind Chaz, you'd feel like, man, we could, we got to find a way to get this kid in the game. So, I think it's our job as coaches, you know, to find ways to get Eugene in situations where he can't affect the game. And, um, you know, when he when, – when he when he was asked to go out there and play defense, he did a really nice job for us. So I, I I'm excited about, and I, I think that room is is you know that that position group is really strong. So um, yeah, I think we're really confident with any of those four kids right now playing. As I understand it, uh, and, and looking back on last year, I, I know there was probably times when uh, you looked over to the sideline uh, to get a defensive back uh, into the game and. Uh, there was nobody there uh, to choose from, you know, <laughs> because everybody kept kept getting hurt. You lost Bryson Richardson early. You lost Patrice Renee early. You lost Miles Wolfolk uh, early. And, and then you had to, you know, you lost some other guys, you know, here and there along the way. And, uh, you know, I, I know that experience was just, uh, you know, a real tough one. But the flip side of that is that's a pretty big room. Uh, you, you've got next year, and I'm guessing that this spring is going to be a time of competition in the secondary. And uh, who who are we looking at in terms of playing nickel, or you know, not necessarily who's going to start, but you know, who is in that group of nickels? Who's in you know the group of corners, uh, safeties? Uh, have you got any of that sorted out so far? Yeah, so I, I think the way college football is going nowadays, you know, I uh, when you look at when you look at the four, you know, the, the playoff teams, you look at LSU and Clemson, and and, and you, I watched a bunch of Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State, and, and you're seeing people play with five and six DBs pretty consistently, you know, for 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 a really big part of the game. You know, Georgia played LSU and that's just a championship game with seven DBs for almost the entirety of the game. So, you know, I think you have to be able to play with DBs to, for all the teams that are throwing it and putting the ball in space and all those things. And I, and I think what really affected us last year was that we were having to take kids from nickel and go start at corner and go start at safety. And we really, we really couldn't play nickel up until really, you know, the NC State game for about – the last six or seven weeks of the season, you know, in the bowl game, we could a little bit too. So, so I think that's going to be a huge plus for us, you know, as far as where they're going to play, you know, I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, we're excited about Storm Duck. We're excited about Patrice Renee, you know, we're, we're excited about Trey Morrison at corner. And then I think you throw, you know, Kyler McMichael and, and, and Bryce Watson there, the two transfers who, who we think, think a lot of. Um, and then I think, you know, so, you start looking at guys like DeAndre Hollins, like where, where is, you know, where is he going to play? You know, he, he started a couple of games for us at corner at the end. 
you know, is he going to go back to nickel? Is he going to be a safety? Is he going to be a corner? Um, I think same, you know, similar with DJ Ford. Does DJ Ford go to nickel? Does he play safety? So, you know, there's probably three or four kids that we're going to try to at a couple different spots. But you know, I feel pretty confident about you know at corner and at safety having kids. You know, you at safety. I think Don Chapman really came along at the end. We're very confident with him. You know, obviously you mentioned Wolf. We're very confident with Wolf coming back from injury, and he won't be out there in the spring, but. He's a really, really intelligent kid, and I think he'll be ready to go when we start in the fall. And Cam Kelly, who, who we thought a lot of before he got hurt in the sprint, in the, the you know against Clemson. So, you know, you start factoring some guys in, and I mean, I, I feel really good about our depth, and I feel really good about the competition. So, I, I think I agree with you. I think that room's become a real strength for us. And one player in particular, uh, Bryson Richardson, he, he didn't. He had a lot of hype as a freshman. He was injured uh, last season, so you haven't really seen him play. Where do you see him figuring in? And then to follow that, yeah, so I mean, go ahead. I mean, I had Bryson in the spring. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he'll be, you know, I, he'll, he'll be able to play nickel some, be able to play safety some. I mean, he'll be out there in the spring, so I'm excited to see him out there at safety in the spring primarily. And then to follow that, uh, you mentioned to me, maybe it's in a, a press conference this year or something like that, that you weren't able to do a lot of the things you want to do on defense because you didn't have the depth and numbers and talent at in the secondary and you it seems like you're going to have that this year at least for the first part of the season with all the different players a lot of returning talent a lot of veterans what are you gonna be able to do differently schematically uh and with this defense with all the experience and numbers and depth in the secondary that's gonna be different from what you you were kind of forced to do last year well so i i think the easiest way to understand is just when you have more dbs in the game you can play a lot a lot more coverage and um this year we, we had to play a very, you know, there are a lot of times where we had to play very vanilla coverage, you know, very basic coverage because we didn't have, you know, and we have Dominic Ross did a great job for us, but we're, we're trying to train a linebacker to do, you know, DB stuff as we're, as we're going through the season. And that was hard. So um, I think, you know, having, you know, five and six DBs in the game allows you to, to be a little more aggressive because you've got guys that can go out and play man on slots and, do so. so I think you'll see the the coverage part of the, the defense and the and the pressure part of the defense be a little bit more diverse. That at least that's the plan. Coach, uh, one thing that I asked Phil Longo yesterday, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, you know, when you you bring in a new system and your system was different from what North Carolina had played uh, the previous year. Um, you know, you've you've got. Uh, the coaches on the defense that are coaching him into a new system. Uh, but next year, some of those players are going to be able to uh, teach other players based on what they've learned last year. And I, I know you're going to say that's a big deal, but uh, elaborate, elaborate on that for me a little bit, because I, I kind of think it is a big deal. Um, I, you know, I, I've always felt like, you know, this is my fourth time doing this, um, going into a program that hadn't had a bunch of success and, 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 and getting it going in the right direction. Yeah, I always felt like the biggest jump we made as a defense was from year one to year two. So I, I think, you know, we're, we're watching the film now. I'm not explaining everything. I'm not, I'm not telling them, hey, this means this. I'm not teaching them concepts of, you know, hey, this kind of word means this kind of coverage and this kind of word means this kind of blitz. You know, now it's more the fine details, you know, of, of their technique, of their of what we're asking them to do in the defense. And then you then you're able to add more to it. So um 
yeah, I mean, I'm sure our older kids will be able to help the younger kids more. They'll understand it more themselves. Um, but I really think what's going to happen is we're going to be able to coach with, with much more detail in the in the specific position that kids play in, you know, as coaches because we're not starting over from scratch. Kind of going back to the defensive line here, or I guess linebackers, that, that outside linebacker pass rush position. We know Tamon Fox, and we mentioned Des Evans. Obviously, he's a freshman. What are some other names that you expect to be able to get pressure on the passer? I mean, I know that, was, that was a concern with, with Coach Brown last year. Uh, Chris Collins is a name who redshirted. Any other guys that you think will be able to attack the passer from the edge? I mean, I, I think the guy that I'm most excited about is Tyrone Hopper. You know, he, he's had some injury issues, but we asked a lot of Hopper this year. I mean, at the end of the, the, the season, he was going in on third downs as an inside pass rusher, and you know, he, he he's a really talented kid that can do a lot of things. So I think you'll see him in a role. I, I You know, Chris Collins, you mentioned, I think, you know, Chris is 240 pounds plus now and has really embraced the weight room. We redshirted him last year because we wanted – we didn't want to waste another year of him because we wanted to get him a, a year further away from 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 Fox and Hopper. So, um, I mean, I, I'm excited about those three guys, and then I think we got a couple freshmen coming in that are going to help us there too. So, um, but but I think Hopper and and Taman and Chris, you know, we're counting on those three kids to to really you know take a step forward, and I'm, I'm confident they will. Do you expect uh, Jacorius Conley to, to play a role in year one? I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, Don Callahan, our recruiting guys, has raved about physically. It seems like he's all there. He was on some of the All-American games. From what you've seen from him, just as a recruiting, I mean, he's someone that jumps off the page. What do you think about what he can do as a, as a Tar Heel over his career and what he can bring in year one? Yeah, I mean, he's a super talented kid. Um, I am very confident that when he's done here, he's going to be a, a, a really highly thought-of player. You know, as far as a freshman coming in and being able to help us some, I, I certainly think he's going to have the ability to. It's just going to be a matter of him picking up the defense and, and finding a role and, and all that stuff. But he, he's got a skill set that very few people do. So I think it'll be you know, part of my job and part of the other coach's job is to find a way to get him in the game doing something that he's good at. I've got a more generic question, Coach Bateman, and uh, I've had other – I've talked to other coaches about this in the past, and – um, it, it's always, always get the response from, from coaches that, um, if they're going up a, against a really good offense in practice, that really hope helps sharpen their skills, uh, during practice. And, you know, UNC's offense has got, uh, just about everybody back. Although Phil Longo, uh, you know, he kind of downplayed that a little bit, you know, but, um, they've got so much coming back. Uh, does that help sharpen the defensive side of the ball uh, to an extent that that you're going up a, a, against an offense that, that you know obviously is pretty powerful? Um, yeah, I mean, I think anytime you get to practice against an offense that that, that can, that's you know executing at a high level, it helps. I think you know going up against Sam Howell every day makes our DBs cover have to cover better. You know, having to cover Diami every day makes our corners have to cover better. Having to pass rush from Jordan Tucker every day makes our DNs better. So, um, I mean, certainly yeah, as the as the talent and the the execution level on your team rises, you know, the, you know, you have to as a defense respond to that. And I, and and I think it, it'll be a really interesting spring. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to wrap this up here in a bit. I got one or two more questions here for you, Coach. Um, you look at the recruiting class. You had a great recruiting class in, in 2020. 
Um, and then things are rolling here in 2021. I know you can't talk about particular players, but just a general question. How has recruiting changed for you? The jump from obviously the, the obvious jumps from Army to UNC. But um, as a, as a, how has it changed recruiting at UNC? And then second, secondly, as a defensive coordinator, what is your role um, as a recruiter as it might compare to, say, a linebacker's coach or a defensive back's coach? Um, is, there, is there more of a broad sweeping recruiting role or is it still kind of very focused on, on your area and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, I think Coach Brown does a great job of getting all of us involved in recruiting. I mean, um, we all – you know, have communication with the kids that we're targeting. And, um, you know, certainly as a defense coordinator, I think the biggest thing I provide is, you know, I, when they visit or I get to talk to them on the phone or, you know, I, I'm able to say, hey, look, this is how I see you. This is where I, I see you being really successful in our defense. And I think that that's kind of my, my broad, my primary number one role in recruiting is, Hey, look, you know, you're really good at this and, and we're going to use that in this defense and this is how we're going to use it. Um, so I think that's the key thing. And then, you know, obviously I'm, you know, I'm pretty involved in recruiting the safeties, you know, because that, that's the position I work with every day. Um, but, but every kid on defense, I, I try to be involved with because, um, you know, most time coordinators stick around a little longer than, than position coaches. You know, we're, we're fortunate here on defense because I don't think any of our guys are leaving anytime soon, but um, you know, I, so that's kind of my general. As far as I mean, recruiting here and recruiting Army is like it's it's, it's like night and day. You know, Army was a very different animal. I think the biggest thing here is that um, you know it's identifying the the elite player and then and then recruiting them and, and being in a very competitive environment. Where at Army, there's a little more of a numbers game. So um, that's the big difference. And I I enjoy I enjoy recruiting here. It's a little bit easier. I know that. So. When players are on campus, you said you kind of talk about how they fit into the defense. Are you are you taking every you know major target and watching videotape with them with the position coach? And is that kind of how you can really show? Like, is that one of your bigger bigger roles? Is is breaking down the defense with particular recruits while they're on the visit? Yeah, I mean, I think as as it you know, as it funnels down to where they're yeah. getting ready to make a decision, you know, um, you, yeah, it's it's hey, look, this is how we're going to utilize your skill set in our defense, and, and I think we have a pretty diverse defense, so I think we can show kids a lot of different ways we're going to use them. And um, I think that's been helpful so far. And last question for me. Um, you mentioned when you're watching tape of, of some of the college football playoff teams and, and some other schools, how often in the off season now you have some, you have a little bit of time. It's a dead period. Now there's, there's a little bit more flexibility in your schedule. How often do you watch other programs and what they're doing? And do you have designated time for that and, and kind of as you get ready for the next season, I mean, how much are you watching Pacific, other programs and offenses and defenses to kind of build on what you can do and kind of get familiar with what other offenses teams are running and other defenses for that matter. Yeah. I mean, I spend a ton of time on that. I mean, I, I don't want to say every day, but it's probably close to every day. Do you, I mean, do you like, just, I, I, I come in earlier than everybody else. So that's my time to, yeah, I, I can bang through a lot of film and then, you know, we've got, I've got some really good graduate assistants and, and analysts that are that are cutting film up for me to watch certain things out of certain opponents too. So, but yeah, I mean, I, with, you know, NFL teams, um, teams, you know, obviously I'm watching some of the offenses we're going to compete against in the fall. Um, not as much of that right now per se, but I'm watching a lot of different defenses and how people are defending things. What's the process for picking what you're going to watch and, and, you know, when you watch it and, and what are you looking for? Like, I mean, do you just randomly pick, like, I'm going to go watch Oregon defense. I'm going to go watch, 
you know, what, what they're doing down in, in Ole Miss? I mean, how do you kind of pick out what are you going to watch and, and what are you going to um, – Well, so, I mean, I mean, I think the easy answer is I look at people that are doing a good job. So, okay. when people are having success, you, you watch them a little bit. But then I try to watch people that I think schematically are similar to us, you know, that are, that are built like us, that are playing, you know, a similar type of defense to us. Um, but, I mean, I think the easy answer is probably just watch people that I think that I think are doing a good job, or watch you know watch people that have that are defending a certain thing really well. Um, but you know we, we but yeah but we watch a, a little bit of everybody you know then try and then once we find something we like we kind of narrow it down. Great. Anything else from you, Buck? That'll do it. We just wanted to say that uh, we really appreciate you taking time to come on with us, Coach. I know uh, there's really no such thing as an off season at inside Carolina. And I'm pretty sure that it, that's the same for you as well. So uh, we just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate you spending time with us. Anything for Ross Martin, Buck, you hear me? <laughs> hey, you know, he didn't even ask you about your shoes or whatever. Uh, I know this time around, oh. I guess because they can't see them, but there you go. All right. Appreciate it, coach. You got it. Talk to y'all soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from inside Carolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.